0: What do I do with all the feedback I received? Should I work on all the issues? How do I know which one is critical and should be worked upon on priority? How do I go about changing it? Hi there, it's your host, Sri Kumar on another episode of the Critical Dialogue on Feedback. In the last episode, we talked about the need to change. In today's show, I'm going to talk about what and how to work on the feedback you have received. Let me start by uh, narrating a situation which I experienced myself. In fact, it's been over 30 years I've been coaching people on the ways to give and receive feedback. I remember about 15 years ago, my wife asked me, Do you think you have been practising what you teach on feedback yourself? This came out of nowhere and got me to think. I always felt that I was open to feedback and used to take corrective action whenever I got the critical ones. I have been very particular about using feedback as a tool for my professional growth. And that's uh, been my secret to success working with my clients. I presume that it would be the same at home as well. However, I thought it's time I put it to test. Most of us do not use structured approaches towards aspects like feedback, assertiveness, listening, openness, and trust, etc. at home. We don't feel it is necessary and brush it aside by making statements like, come on, this is home and we don't have to be very formal. Personal relationships cannot be compared and it is not the same as working in a professional environment. We fail to realize that irrespective of the place where you are, the personality, that is you, and your communication behaviors are consistent and remain the same. The problem is that we live in denial all the time. I've heard most of my participants in leadership and team workshops tell me that I am a different person at home and not all like the way people perceive me in office. My question is, do you ever sit down and formally take feedback at home? Do you think it is necessary at all I would say, try, and you will be surprised. Anyway, coming back to my wife's query, I thought it's time I asked her to provide me with some feedback. To make it more meaningful and easy for her, I asked her to write down all the critical feedback she had for me and place it on my table. Now you may ask, why does she have to write down? Can't she tell you directly? The problem is that more often than not, and especially at home, we take our relationships casually and for granted. The moment we get some critical feedback, we would like to quickly close the conversation, lest it turn ugly. We prefer to avoid conflict and live in the make believe world that everything is hunky dory. In fact, we are conditioned from early childhood to believe the idea of a happy married life isn't it we cannot imagine therefore that marriages can have conflicts disagreements and critical conversations i myself have been guilty of quickly bringing difficult conversations to a close i think i was one of those kinds when i got the list the next day I saw that there were about 20 items which I had to work on and was causing discomfort to my wife. The top of the list on probably the number one was that I must keep my workspace at home clean and neat. In fact the critical feedback was that I keep my workspace very disorganized and dirty. I thought great. Let me start with this one first. I don't have to worry about the rest. For about a week, I ensured that I spent a great deal of time keeping my workspace neat and clean. After a week, I asked my wife for some feedback. Her response, Nothing has changed. Not just shocked me, but angered me. But I paused and then I asked, what about the office? With that, she just looked at me in disgust and walked away. What I have found since then is that even though the cluttered appearance of my office may be a frequent grumble for my wife, its cleanliness has almost no correlation to the quality of our marriage. My office can be a disaster at the same time our marriage seems wonderful, or it can be very clean and organized even when our marriage is experiencing the fluctuations or frustrations. I found out that the issue at the top of the list was not necessarily the most important one to change. I also found that other items on the list had a much more direct and significant correlation to the quality of our marriage. Some of these items included things like helping out more with our child and not being critical of my wife's decisions and actions. I learned from this experience that I had been paying the most attention to the things that others complained about the most or the loudest or just that they were at the top of the list. What got my attention and was complained about most frequently was not necessarily the most important issue to change. The most critical skill in making change based on feedback therefore is deciding what specific issue to work on to start with. Many feedback experiences are very similar. Often people identify the issue that appears to be the most negative and conclude it is the most important issue to change. This of course is faulty logic. Issues that are most negative or most complained about are simply the ones that are most noticeable. Evaluating what issues to change ought to be a completely separate decision-making process, independent from how negatively people react to issues. In a perfect world, we would receive feedback on many issues and change everything appropriately. We would soon become perfect ourselves. But in the real world, people face limitations in terms of how many issues they can successfully address at a time. A guaranteed way to fail in making changes based on feedback is trying to change too many things at the same time. People cannot make five major changes at the same time. In fact, whenever most people try to change more than one or two important things at once, they end up making no changes at all in one of our leadership programs I asked the leaders to focus their efforts on only one issue I found that in four months people could see a significant difference in pre and post feedback assessments most people think and worry that if they focus on changing only one issue Others may not find any difference and would still end up complaining. But my experience is that if you spread your effort in changing too many issues, it may prevent people from noticing that things are changing because they will see little difference between where you started and where you are now. Focusing your efforts on changing one issue increases the likelihood that others will see a difference. So here I would like to talk about the 80-20 rule. Change is difficult, therefore managing expectations is key towards working the change process. It requires focus, effort and attention. You should know most change efforts do not occur in a vacuum. We still have to complete our required work and take care of ourselves and our families. However, focused work and effort on specific issues greatly improves the likelihood of success. It is critical that you learn how to prioritize issues discovered through feedback. According to which or those which will yield the greatest benefit? I suggest that you follow the 80-20 rule. When you start focusing on that 20% of critical feedback It should yield you about 80% of benefits Remember the people whom you ask for feedback will likely expect you to take action on all of their feedback. Therefore, it is helpful to establish upfront that although they may provide feedback on a variety of issues, you will focus your efforts on selected issues as you work your way through the feedback. To manage some of these expectations, I would suggest some of these steps. First, thank the person who gave you the feedback. Let the person know that you may not be able to respond to every issue, but their feedback, however, is invaluable and will help you work gradually through the change process. State upfront that you will start by working on one or two critical issues. And more importantly, name the issue you're going to work on so that the giver is clear what he or she has to look for. When you seek feedback again. Last and more important is demonstrate that you are changing by small actions. Although the people who gave you feedback would expect you to change everything, their experience tells them that little would change. However, when you make a focused effort on one or two issue, they will be able to see a significant difference and will not overly focus on issues which are not yet worked on or you're still to address. The other step uh, towards working uh, on feedback, especially the critical feedback in the change process is prioritizing. So how do I prioritize? In order for you to prioritize, you must rank each of the listed issues into desire for change and ease of change and the uh, impact or outcome. In fact, you remember in the last episode, we talked about the uh, desire or motivation to change and the difficulty of the change process. So in order for you to prioritize, you must rank them according to, uh, as I say, desire for change, ease of change and the impact. The uh, first step in bringing about change is to create a strong desire for change. As you think about the issues for which you received critical feedback, you may notice one issue for which others feel a high need for you to change. But you feel little or no need to change. So how can you increase your desire or motivation to change? It's important that you think about the extent of motivation you have to make the change. As you think through each of the critical feedback you have received, you should categorize them on uh, the levels of low, medium or high motivation. You must however not confuse others' desire for change with your own intrinsic desire to change. In a relationship, it is important to take a holistic approach. You may want to align both so that you get the best from the change process, both as in uh, the other's desire for change and your own desire to change. We also commit the mistake of externalizing our feedback by making statements like, it's what you feel, but I don't think there is any need to change this. The problem with this kind of attitude is that it does little to contribute towards motivating you to change. It's like uh, the alcoholic who went to his counselor and when the counselor asked the man uh, whether he was an alcoholic, he replied saying, I don't think I am, but my wife thinks I have a problem. The counselor's response then was, Why don't you go and drink some more? Because I don't think I can help you unless you think you have a problem. For each negative feedback you have received, you must therefore think carefully which one of those you are most desirous of changing. Because if you don't believe you have a problem and you don't desire to change, it's very little you can do about it the feedback you have received. The other one uh, aspect which you need to consider when you uh, are working with critical feedback is to determine whether your desire to change is driven by you or by others. If you think that you got to change because your wife, boss or any other person is telling you, then you would have already forsaken your responsibility or ownership and will have little by way of motivation to change. Whenever you feel like uh, saying that, you know, it's my boss who thinks I need to change this, or other people think I have a problem in this area, then it is going to be difficult. In these situations, your real felt need is not to change the problem, but to change other people's opinions about the problem. So how then can you increase your desire to change? Firstly, you must just not be focused on the negative impact of the issue and start reinventing the feedback by rethinking in your own mind. Try and understand what frustrates people the most and the impact it is having on their relationship with you. Have open discussions around the issues and be honest with yourself. Most often, I find that people are not motivated to change because of their lack of understanding of the impact. It is having on the giver of feedback and your relationship with them. But if you have to increase your motivation to change, then you need to start focusing not just on the negative impact, but start focusing on the positive in impact which would come out of your effort. If you understand only the negative impact of your behavior and have no sense of the positive impact of change, you will find less motivation to change and therefore have a lower, what I call as felt need or desire to change. So once again, you may want to look at determining whether your desire to change is driven by you or by others. Another dimension which will help you to make the necessary change is to look at the ease of change. Some issues are easier to change than others. In planning your change process, select at least one issue you know will be easy to change. This not only gives you confidence in your ability to change but it sends a positive signal to others that you have responded to their feedback. Focusing on small observable actions can be a great starting point to demonstrate that you are truly committed to improving the quality of the relationship. For example if you were to be given frequent feedback uh, that you are irresponsible and do not care for the team because you always seem to be arriving late to meetings, you will notice that irresponsible is a judgment and that you cannot work on or will surely not have any motivation to work on. You may become defensive as well. However, arriving 10 minutes before the meeting commences is a behavior or action you can easily exhibit and it is also visible to others. It's a small change but can impact the overall perception of others on you. Similarly for my wife, giving her one hour of undivided attention daily and listening to her was easy to work on and it was actually that small thing which made a big positive impact. It was the same with my son as well. When I started to devote about an hour or so having a chat with him about uh, uh, what happened at school and listening to his stories and experiences it greatly improved the quality of my relationship with him so these small observable behaviors made a huge difference than being just physically present all the time without being emotionally available on one hand when I thought that I was uh, available to them all the time at home they uh, they didn't feel that I was giving them the required attention and therefore the uh, frustration and, uh, you know, the need for them to give me this critical feedback. So very important to look at what are those small, little changes which you can make in behaviors and uh, which can show some quick wins. Another point when you're trying to uh, work on feedback is you must try to change actions than people. Most of us hit a roadblock and get frustrated in our attempts to change people. In fact, uh, married couples would agree that we sometimes expend all our energies and probably a lifetime trying to change each other and end up getting little by the way of outcomes. You would have already experienced that it's very very difficult to change people. It's easy to change what we say or do than what others do. Changing my own action or behavior is easier than changing people. We have much more control over our thought and actions. For example, it is easy for me to arrive 10 minutes early for every meeting than trying to persuade people to wait for me before they start the meeting. Similarly, it is easy for me to decide that time in the day when I will spend time with my wife and kid than asking them to come to me when they see that I am free. So it's important that uh, you work on changing your actions than trying to change people. The uh, next aspect which you can look on is, uh, uh, especially when you're working on critical feedback, is working on building agreements. In an organizational context, we will talk about it uh, in terms of what we call as SLAs or service level agreements. At home, you can still have an SLA with each member of the family who lives with you. it's important that you discuss openly with your significant other or the person who provided you with the feedback on issues which are absolutely critical to work on you may find that while prioritizing there can be uh, many disagreements or arguments on which issue is more important than the other however it is important that we start with points of agreement however small they may seem there's no point in spending a lot of time conflicting, arguing on uh, points of disagreement. In fact, most of the meetings, I find that people uh, spend a lot of time on areas which they disagree with. In fact, I would like you to focus your attention towards areas of agreements. Even if there are two out of 10 areas of agreements, that is a good place to start. It will provide you with some quick wins and a kind of a positive climate to make a more meaningful and uh, positive impact in the uh, environment or the relationships. So work on small agreements. In fact, work to look for, in fact, in any conversation or a critical dialogue, I urge you to look for areas where you agree rather than areas which you disagree. That's a more positive way of uh, building on the critical conversation so work on building agreements so uh, if I have to uh, give you a quick summary of what are the things which you can do uh, to make the change uh, and work on the feedback one do not start with more than one or two issues to work on at a time Two. Start with small actions which are easier to work on and get some quick wins under your belt. Three, make sure others' desire for change matches with your own desire for change. Do not change just because others want you to change. In such situations, the chances of success are greatly reduced. Four, find areas of mutual agreement which will show visible impact. In fact, in your conversation, you must prioritize based on the agreements which you have uh, having those critical conversations with the person who gave feedback. So, it's very, very important that uh, you prioritize um, and gain agreements. So, that's the end of today's episode on feedback. Hope you enjoyed listening. Please subscribe to the Critical Dialogue podcast to receive continued updates on some of the most important topics which affect our lives. Have a nice day.